0: Why is there a bull on the label that slits malt liquor? Well, it's a symbol of what's inside the can. You see, pound for pound, the bull is probably the most powerful beast there is. Bulls have challenged lions and tigers and even elephants, they tell me, and they beat them. They're afraid of nothing. The bull will take on any challenger to his superiority. He's brash, and though he's the most carefully bred animal in the world, he remains wild, untamed. That's why the bull is the symbol of Schlitz malt liquor. Like the bull, Schlitz malt liquor is bold, brash, and daring. It's brewed with all the care and know-how. Only Schlitz Brewing and their 140 years of experience can give it. And yet, Schlitz Mall liquor has that spark of wildness, that untamed spirit that places it way above all other mall liquors. It's the superior one. Got a thirst for excitement? Take a ride on the bull. Schlitz small liquor. Nobody makes malt liquor like Schlitz. Nobody. Look sharp. Feel sharp. Be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades with the sharpest edges ever home. Gillette's Cavalcade Sports is on the air. From Sportsman Park in St. Louis, Gillette presents the
1: Kevys Country Breakfast Regame Show. Gentlemen, is there a doctor in the house? Because we're about to embark on a wild sexual ride that's sure to fuck up your funny bone. I'm talking yum yum in my cum Here to crack open the ceremonial first drink. To console our producer Dave Smith Hayes on the recent untimely death of his sister Claudell from the smash hit ABC sitcom *Home Improvement*, please put your hands together for Mr. Richard Carr. Take it away, Richard.
2: Hey, Dave. How you doing, buddy? This is Richard Carn. I, um, I understand that you lost your sister. Uh, My condolences. I, uh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I have not lost my sister, she's five years older than me, so she's still around, but my mom, my dad, and friends, a lot of really good friends, uh, and it's tough. It's hard, I know, but but know this, you have family and friends around you that love you, and even though you, uh, you might not want to talk about it now, I'm pretty certain that at some point you will be able to talk about it, and you have people to do that with, you know? So that's a great thing. And you've got uh, Corby, you know? Your godson, So, so, you know, chin up. You have to school the next generation. That's what it is. And just know these things happen, and you're not alone in this. I mean, everybody in the world has had something like this happen to them, and millions upon millions of people have been able to figure out a way to move on and you know make life worth living um, gosh i i really am sorry and it's and it's new you know it's it's something that's that's just happened recently and I'll let it go through the stages and eventually Life gets better and better if you let it, and let your friends and your family know that. Know that you're you're okay with that, with them supporting you. All right, buddy. All right, and yeah, you know, you can also just watch reruns of Home Improvement. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it makes me laugh, and sometimes that's what we need. We sometimes just need a really good laugh. So take care. My prayers and thoughts are with you. All right, buddy. You take care.
1: And now, to honor mindless nationalism, please rise and remove your caps as we glorify our egregious history through the singing of our national anthem. And now, for more on today's action, we check in with AT&T Sportsnet Southwest Houston Astros on-field reporter, Julia Morales
0: earlier today the guys told me despite the nerves of a monumental season finale they're still going to eat nine tubs of pringles and treat it like it's any other podcast
1: thanks julia and now the starting lineup for Kevy's country breakfast episode four Wearing his sleep apnea mask. He wears double XL t shirts behind his ever growing double D breasts. From North Bay, Ontario, he courageously came on as queer in 2006. But truth be told, his stepfather, Philippe, realized his wife's son could not be more gay than when he relentlessly requested the complete series of Reba on DVD. Named after all the men who could be his father. And who am I to judge? She's a wonderful woman, and I'm certainly sprayed in that succulent whore cave. Number 70. David, Peter, Miguel, Georgia, Stefano, Elcitas, Diego, Curtis, Smith. Hey! Potting in the two hole, now in his early 30s, with his stand up act feeling tired and stagnant. He thought to himself, hey, Let's dive into a medium that's as embarrassing as slam poetry and watching an unfunny, overly enthusiastic improv group pose for an Instagram photo can find Anything for the allure of amusing complete strangers as a means to cope with the reality that Chester Trudeau has worn blackface more times than he and his father have hugged. He may have failed the grade 10 literacy test, but now averages an impressive four likes per tweet like he's Billy fucking anti-Semitic Shakespeare. Ladies and gentlemen, the former captain of the St. Thomas Aquinas Junior Boys ringette team, number 21, Ken Sheila. Podcasting third, he's the backbone of KCB, Known internationally as the Delightful Dago. He's the Luigi to our Mario, the Shahul to our Ashanti, the inspirational Facebook me to our 36-year-old Yoga Mom masking manic depression. But his sexy, rugged, 5'11", 285-pound frame was commonly known as the plumber as he got the pussy flowing like a faucet. Ladies and gentlemen, number 15, Kevin the Italian thick dick Stallion, Jim show. Ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary podcast listeners, it's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Episode 4, the season finale of Cavi's Country Breakfast.
0: Light up the lucky, it's baseball time. Be happy,
1: go lucky. It's Cavi time.
0: Settle back in your chair. There's baseball in the
1: air right now. It's Cavi time. All right, all right, sit down, sit down. Oh, my God, some hotties in the crowd tonight, Agent Joel?
3: We sure do, get out of here, oh, that's so nice, stop it, stop it!
1: Yo, what up, you country cocks and breakfast sluts? When I say cocks, you say sluts!
3: Cocks!
1: Sluts!
0: Sluts. Cocks!
1: Cocks! Thank you, thank you, so great to be here, so many people to thank, uh, so many people think that the fame now, though, has got to our head, you know, think we're too focused on the booger sugar, aka also known as the cocaína. Have we lost our true essence? Have we lost what this podcast truly is? No. That's disgusting. Disrespectful. We would never do anything to compromise nor tarnish the reputation of the Papa John's Parmesan breadsticks, Kevin's Country Breakfast experience.
3: Yeah, Kay, we're hot. We're fresh. These other podcasts are just soggy, cold, handheld baguettes. (laughs)
1: so this is our last show for a while and, uh, you know, no doubt we have some very dedicated fans who are basically attached to our hips and, uh, it's frightening to do, but just close your eyes for a moment and imagine your life without Kevi's country breakfast.
0: You need us emotionally, sexually,
1: spiritually. You're a, odor
0: we're odor. It's
3: it's yeah. like the stint egg that you're not ready to freeze off and you like to watch it
0: grow you sick fuck. you wipe your ass and smell it you put it up your nose take a whiff
3: inhale it you pussy you let your piss steep in the toilet
0: the splatter hits your glasses You walk onto the bus, your presto card isn't working. The bus driver says, yeah, that's been
1: happening a lot lately. He lets you on anyway. He notices the smudge of piss on your glasses. And you don't clean it off.
0: Your life is a fuck of shit.
1: Anyways, this baseball podcast will be right back.
0: Close your eyes, make a wish, and blow
1: out. Hey, this is Ryan Barucki from the Toronto Blue Jays, and you're listening to the Webby nominated
2: podcast, Kevy's Country Breakfast. Your night
1: we're gonna celebrate, all through the night. Welcome back to Kevy's Country Breakfast. Mm, mm, mm. When it comes to the holidays, there's nothing quite like some homestyle family cooking. And recently, your fiance Bernice told me that you have a recipe for some world famous crockpot enchiladas.
3: Oh, absolutely, Kev! It's fucking delicious recipe. It's so fantastic and really easy. All you have to do is you take some chicken, some chicken thighs, a little bit of white meat, a little bit of mix of both, because the, the the dark meat provides a little bit more flavor and a, and it doesn't dry out. So you so what you do is you add the the thighs. And then you put in like some spices, like paprika.
1: Oh, I love paprika.
3: Oregano, like all the, all the spices you like. And then you add some beer.
1: Oh yeah, soak that bird in some rona.
3: And um, you so then you let that simmer for a few hours. And then once that those few hours have passed, you take the chicken out and then you shred it like you pull it like it's pulled pork.
1: Yeah, boy, stroke that hog.
3: Absolutely. So then you take the so then you so then what you do is then you take that shredded chicken and then you uh, wrap it in. Uh, Um, tortillas so then you wrap in tortillas throw in some cheese some peppers whatever you like any kind of spices anything like that even some black beans is delicious throw it all back in and then you throw it all back into the um, into the crock pot throw some cheese and some enchilada sauce on top
1: oh I've never heard of enchilada sauce
3: let that simmer for about an hour and then you got a beautiful oh shit we have a call
1: incoming call from Barry Davis fuck it's Barry how the fuck would Barry Davis get this number
3: I gotta confess something, man. I saw Barry last week. What? Where? I was staying at that bed and breakfast getaway, you know, the one you told me about in Aurelia. I decided to pop in for a workout that morning at Fit for Less.
1: Right, the, uh, the one by the Homesteads?
3: That's where I saw Barry. He was screaming, doing crunches, and he saw me at the corner of his eye. The next thing I know, he's confronting me while I'm mid-plank. He's like... Where's your faggy friend from Kevy's cunty shit fest?
1: Fuck! Have you seen those videos of him on Snapchat, sparring shirtless, toe to toe with Steven Seagal in his private Mumbai and dojo? Man, ever since he left sports, he have been fucking jacked.
3: Dude, he's been cranking that creatine.
1: His back knee is straight up fucked. Chicholo, I need you right now. Okay, I-, I need you to go above and beyond. And God knows I've done this for our friendship on multiple occasions. Including this past summer when I DJed your cousin Brayden's wedding last minute at the Casablanca Winery in Grimsby, Ontario. You hounding me, seemingly all night long, demanding I exclusively play R. Kelly, Chris Brown, and Michael Jackson in succession? That took a lot out of me, man, okay? And when you said you'd do a favor for me down the road, well guess what, honey? The chickens have came home to roost. In drama class, you always had that certain je ne sais quoi, and I- I'm gonna need that on the line right now when you interact with Barry. Wait, why, why won't you just answer the phone? I don't know. There was something online. I, I I don't really follow those nerdy gizmo-gasmos. He saw
4: those pictures, man. He's looking
1: for you. That looked like a wild
3: time. Like, where were you anyways?
1: you know per usual chincholo you're a tempest in a goddamn teapot you have to drag this out of I me mean, it's not even a big deal okay you your life is that fucking boring you're that inquisitorial but what i'm doing in my private time outside of this podcast we're not fucking burton ernie i'm not attached to you okay we're not siamese twins uh yeah so whatever you know what i don't give a shit you know what i was partying till dawn at tila tequila's condo the telominium <gasps> and you know what it was a straight-up bareback fuck fest <gasps> uh check please are you happy now mr chincholo have you dragged it out of me enough what
3: dude tequila first off that's fucking awesome but like man we talked about this you know you got to keep a low profile come on man like what are you doing
1: yeah you're right you're always right uh hindsight 2020 again you know here it is but when you factor in a 40 to 45 minute sesh in kevy's sexual artistic studio or k sass for short uh it's known that me and the lady have a bit of a sweet tooth so, after I made a Snow Angel and her lady come in my Su S40 waterbed, we hopped in my Kia Sorrento and set sail for the closest yogurties in the GTA area. Anyways, long story short, we run into former Evan S's lead guitarist Terry Balsamo. Great guy, great dude. We're exchanging digits, chatting biz. Now Cindy Cinnamon has got it wrapped up in her sweet little head that my life is 24-7, A-list galore. So when I get an exclusive Evite for the launch of Teela's new fragrance, Tequila Sunrise, I took this as a gift from the high heavens. I mean, imagine it. A once-in-a-lifetime evening with the Filipino goddess herself served to me in a silver platter. Uh, yeah, I said bon appetit. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry,
4: guys. I had to interrupt here for a second. Um... I'm a little more concerned with you guys associating with somebody who's openly homophobic and, uh, pretty much an anti semite Like, didn't she get fired from Celebrity Big Brother for posting Hitler imagery on Facebook? Hush it,
1: Davey. Hush it now. Yeah,
3: Dave, shut the fuck up. Her album, Welcome to the Dark Side, defined my 2010. She's
1: forever ingrained in my top eight. Newsflash, Davey boy. At the end of the day, you're just some Northern Ontario fuckhick, okay? Some small-town piece of shit. And you trash the integrity? An artistic genius like Mrs. Tequila? I think you're missing the point entirely. Hey, 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 social justice fucko. Or is your pronoun fucky? Can't you see I got some bigger fish to fry now, Dave? Like, oh, I don't know, Barry Davis on line one? With what I can only presume is a thirst for my cum and or blood? Do you know who we're dealing with here? This is a guy who caused permanent blindness to a 17-year-old borderline autistic server at Krabby Joe's Woodstock. And for what? Refusing to honor the half-price Krabby Platter traditionally offered after 9 p.m., he waltzes his way in there at 6:45, coked out of his mind with two mid-fifties escorts, one of which has a visible cold sore. An altercation occurs, and the next thing you know, he's launching a pint of Molson Export right at an innocent little boy's sweet peppermint certs.
4: Wouldn't that analogy make more sense if it were Chiclets? Dude, I got this.
3: I was the understudy Jesus in the Strathcona County Community Theater production of Godspell. I can go method. You want me to go method? With the snap of my fingers, I can go D-Day fucking Lulu. What? No one calls Daniel Day-Lewis that. Dude, I fucking drowned a kid in a wave pool at Wild Waterworks in the sixth grade. People were asking what happened, and I was just licking on a Klondike cone, none the wiser. I'll do whatever it takes.
1: Could you suck your own dick any longer? For a supposed method actor, uh, you're doing a lot of talking, not a lot of Barry yakking.
3: All right, I'll take the fucking call. I'm not the one oozing into Cindy Cinnamon un-fucking-protected. Thank you. Hi, Barry. What a lovely surprise. We've been fans of you since 1992 when you were the technical operator at CJCL 1430. What's the reason for your call today? Guys, let's cut the shit.
5: You know how I got your number. Do you guys know who the fuck I am, you little pukes? I'm Barry fucking Davis, aka The Bulldog, broadcasting legend, CEO of No Suit Required, 45,000 followers on Twitter, okay? I am actually Facebook friends with many Toronto Blue Jays. Nervous Salarte follows me on Twitter. I actually had lunch recently with Greg Zahn in Richmond Hill. Both of us had $39 Bluetooth headsets in ear. I say jump, and the members of the hashtag BulldogBearArmy ask how high. I strut by the Rogers Center in a freshly ironed polo with crisp eye-popping khakis, or as I sometimes like to call them, my trousers, my dungarees, my slacks. Oh man, you should see the energy sizzling like Southwest fajitas. And now, after all these accomplishments, you two pieces of shit nobodies are trying to take what's rightfully mine. The crown jewel, my precious, the 2019 Daytime Webby for Outstanding Sports Podcast Let's be honest, guys. What are you really doing here? Cutting-edge sports analysis from a fat fuck from East Hamilton who dares run the lap around the Rogers Centre without going into cardiac arrest and a chronic bedwetting open micer who brags about winning Milton's next top comic competition? What have you done? What four episodes? Do you understand the rush I get from flexing in the middle of Mississauga's town square while a seamlessly endless parade of hotties are screaming my name? begging for signed headshots. Listen, I'm the professor. This is podcasting 101. I run this shit. This is my bulldog territory. I'm the bulldog. Step back, boys. Watch me roar.
1: <clears throat> Why would a dog roar? Listen, man, I, 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 I don't want what you heard. This is just one big misunderstanding. Cindy, Cindy's her name, right? We're, we're, we're just friends. Once upon a time, we met on a Josh Gad fan forum, Dad Gabs, and th- the chemistry was instantaneous. I love that guy. I mean, have you seen The Comedians and FX? I mean, if you haven't, I suggest a binge. I mean, our boy Gaddy and Billy Crystal at the helm? I'm thinking, Rrrr. are we at a high-end health food store? Because this blender is making a smoothie of spinach, bananas, flax seeds, and oh, I don't know, a la laughs? Anyways, after weeks of innocent chatting and giphy induced harmless giggling, we agreed to meet up and watch the 2015 smash hit comedy classic, Pixels. And initially, things were going great. A mountain of marshmallows, chocolate cocoa, delight. Suddenly, halfway through the film, she lunges for my hand, like some sort of sadistic vulture whore. I said, listen, Cindy, I don't know what kind of hussy you are, but I'm a Christian man of God. And the good book says... Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Your husband, future Canada Walk of Fame recipient Barry Davis, deserves the most utmost respect. Stay away from cinnamon. Dude, he's so scared of me, man. Barry's a bitch sharply hit ground ball of spicy contentious baseball topics hit directly today. Unable to provide any tangible input on the subject, he fires it over to Sheeler, who promptly regurgitates ideas from half-articles he's read on fangraphs in a feeble attempt to sound intelligent. He launches it over to Chincholo, who at this point is better suited to host a podcast about next-time model Australia than provide any sort of sliver of respectable analysis. yet oh my goodness, they made the play! They made the play! In a podcast that's been so illogical, the unlistenable has happened. It's time to alienate our audience. It's time for Davies Hot Corner. So you scream, Ice Cream, we all cream for the Milwaukee Brewers uniforms. Right? They look great. Right? Yeah. Uh, we've seen our first look at the Nike swoosh, which I'm not. You know, I don't like. You'll get used to it. Uh, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan. It looks whatever. It's fine. It is what it is. We know the ads are coming next. That's gonna look like shit. The NBA jerseys look like shit. All those fucking city version jerseys—they often look like fucking trash. They don't look good at all. But who cares? Who the fuck cares what I think, right? But those those jerseys look good, and they they really overshadowed the the Padres. The Padres had this big announcement: we're gonna be we're gonna be in the brown jerseys. But they they were fine.
3: Well, yeah, the, the, what the Padres did is they didn't go back to the like the throwbacks they just went back to their old colors
1: yeah they fucked up the font the font the font was the thing they needed to fix yeah they didn't do that well the colors
3: are the colors are like iconic 70s colors but then the logo is still whatever the 90s or what 2000s it's just not right it's just that they don't work together
1: the the road uh the road pinstripes interesting to i kind of like it though i think that's kind of weird and kind of funky but also kind of uh kind of a classic. I I don't know. I have never seen that before. I think that's pretty cool. Excited to watch watch that. It's interesting if you go on the MLB shop website right now and this could change by the time you're listening to this. They, they literally like the if you if you want to buy a jersey uh like the like the new Nike one, it's like $300. Are they just trying to do it so you don't buy it at the present time?
4: The majesty jerseys were $300 too. Were they actually during the season, yeah.
3: They might they're probably the on-field ones, They're so like the ones the
4: players wear. Yeah. So I was Great. gonna buy a Blue Jays like Majesty jersey, and I was like, I'm not spending three hundred dollars. Majestic,
1: just... <laughs> Maje- whatever Majesty, whatever. <laughs> I've had a few. I was gonna buy a Majesty jersey. Why is a
3: cream like an appealing like color for a jersey? It seems to work with most teams. I don't know what it is. I I really like it.
1: I, if anything, I get you get the cream cream. Cranked on that knob when you look at those, uh, those brewers' jerseys. I want it more <laughs> creamed up, don't you? Yeah, same cream it up, bitch. Right? So, like, do you think the brewers did a better
4: job at revealing their new jerseys? And do you think they have better jerseys? Oh, than- their,
1: their, their, their jerseys look their, that uniform's great. And then and they, when they went back to the barrel man, you got that, 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 uh, the cake mascot. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a, that's that's fucking beautiful. They, yeah, they they knocked it out of the park. All four of their jerseys are great. Just in time for their, what's the, what's their stadium called now? Like Family Bullshit Insurance Stadium? Like there, it's not Miller Park next year.
3: Yeah, I think it's Farmers Insurance, I think, isn't it?
1: No, it's like family something. It's They fucked that up though. Who who? Whatever, right? Oh, okay. Well, they
4: just paid the most money.
1: They paid the most money. Yeah. That's a slap in the face. It's fun, It's ironic is in their 50th season where they're doing all the heritage, they have the worst possible name for the stadium ever. But, you know, they overshadowed it with actually making the uniforms look cool. Yeah. It's
4: still going to be Miller Park this year. This is the last year that it's Miller Park. And then it's, when
1: is it, what is it turning into? Then
4: it becomes American Family Insurance. American
1: Family Insurance. Okay. So this year they still, so the 2020 season is still Miller Park. Yes. Okay.
4: Which is the most, uh, of all the corporate branding names, I think is the most appropriate.
1: Well, for that, for that, uh, for that town for that state yeah. for sure yeah absolutely the brewers you were you were there chincholo and i remember i recall you saying you weren't really that overly impressed with that ballpark
3: no it was very big it felt like uh, it felt very it felt like a like an airport hangar it was huge it was very big it didn't feel like a fun, like a like a good ballpark like uh like uh, tiger stadium felt like and or Comerica Park, I should say.
1: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And 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 the Rogers Center looks like a toilet bowl diaper piece of shit. Like, I'm not defending that. But here's the thing. I like either weird-looking domes, like dome stadiums. Like, you, you don't want really to see, like, the Tokyo Dome on TV. It looks fucking cool, right? It looks like this weird relic. I like that. So we either do, like, or you see, like, the Astrodome now. Maybe I'm just, like, some fucking hipster bullshit, you know, like – Nine for nostalgia but i don't I don't think so i think aesthetically it still kind of looks good but these stadiums like when you look at miller park when you look at uh like a minute made park where the astros play i don't like those like the, the retractable and clo- it looks fucking stupid yeah and and when the roofs closed, it just looks cavernous like it's not it's not inviting at all it looks like shit give a give a fucking open air stadium you know what i mean
3: Right. Well, that's what Skydome has going for it, right? It's, nice, it's bright and it's, it works for them.
1: Skydome is a terrible stadium. It's not good. <laughs> and, I'm there, and, and, and I'm there a lot.
3: But like, at least it's open air. Like, at least you can feel like you're outside on, uh, like in the summer. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, you can open the roof of Miller Park as well, though. So if you search Randall Gritchick, uh, these are the things that come up. I'm not saying the things you... T- you know when you like type something on Google that like, things come up? So the first thing is Randall Grichik wife... Randall Grgic shirtless, Randall Grgic stats, Randall Grgic girlfriend. Like who's like I got to crank it to this shit? <laughs> like enough have done that that that's before Randall Grgic contract. <laughs> you know what I mean? What the fuck?
3: Kevin Fairness, no one's jerking off to his on-base percentage. <laughs>
1: So, what is the appropriate apprehension suspension for the Astros? What do they got to go through? They they clearly they're going to lose draft picks for sure. Is that what's going to be? I, I that's where we're getting at. It's going to be draft. I mean, if you anything that's wrong with Major League Baseball at this current point, you can turn it back to the fucking Astros, right? They got that that, that the GM the, the assistant GM bullshit during the ALCS. They have the uh, obviously the 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 Cameron center field. Infiltrating how many goddamn games we don't know, right? And if you're the if you're the if you're the Dodgers, if you're the Yankees, you're fucking pissed, right? And now, like even when they're talking about the minor league baseball, like like major league baseball, removing forty two plus teams from the minor league system, apparently the, the Astros are at the spearhead of that too. Like t- talking about how that would be a good idea, like the ownership. So it's like Jesus, fuck Christ, right?
3: And what the Astros are doing is um, like they're bringing like literal technology into it. Like they're putting, I heard they're putting like buzzers on players' wrists or something.
1: Well, they're doing it. They're doing it in real time, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's fucked. So
3: like there was the garbage thing for, like they were smashing the trash can, Right. Whenever there was a like an off-speed pitch,
1: well, there was also the whistle. There's a whistle now. Did you see that video? No. Now I'm missing that one. Where they whistle? It's a breaking ball or a fastball? It's a different type of whistle. It's actually fucked up. And here's the interesting element: if you if you if you fucking crack the whip, right? At the center of this was supposedly Carlos. Was it supposed to be Uh, uh, Alex Cora, now the manager of the Red Sox? Right. mm -hmm. AJ, bitch, right? The, The manager of the Astros. And then and then at the time, Carlos Beltran, who's the DH, the Astros in 2017, who's now the manager of the Mets. Right. When they introduced him, they asked him, Did you know about this? He denied it, which is complete horseshit, right? You don't think the DH is going to know about this? Right. You don't think an agent DH who was, was kind of struggling that year and is like, are you fucking kidding me? He's not going to know about this? It's actually very slimy, but here's the thing. If you want to crack the whip in the Astros that year... Do you you have to reprimand Alex Cora, right? So do you then punish like the, the, the Red Sox for this, right? For something that necessarily early.
3: I think the individuals will like will receive fines. It's like regardless of where they were.
1: Fines aren't good enough. If you literally infiltrated this, they should be worse than no, that. No, you're
3: right. But right? like the Red Sox had nothing to do with it. So you can't like
1: But they did have the Apple Watch scandal. True, true. So they're not innocent. And here's the thing: lots of teams are probably doing this horse shit. To an extent, they haven't been caught yet. What do
3: you think? What do you think happens to uh, like the players individually? How does it like? Will it affect like Hall of Fame voting and that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It could be one of these things. Like, did Altuve agree with this? But didn't 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 say anything. I would right? love them
3: to just take the World serious from them. <laughs> I would just like, you know what? Fuck you guys. You cheated. It's not okay what you did. <laughs> I know it won't go to that, but I really wish it would.
1: But if you're, if you're the Dodgers, you're actually, you got to be livid, right? You went to game seven. You didn't have this advantage. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? And my question is, why is Mike Fires waiting till now to say something? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I find, the, I find the gap of hair and the, the, the right side of Mike Fires' beard uh, distracting, quite frankly. Look at him. It, <laughs> it, it's
3: Just fine him for that. <laughs>
1: I think I think the Astros get like
4: a huge, like, yeah, fine, like a like a financial punishment along with draft picks. Well,
3: the, the draft picks is where they're really gonna feel it, I think, right? Because they don't care about the money.
1: Here's what we do: it's called the Papa John Spanking. It's it's on MLB.com, it's streamed. AJ Hinch, and they, they kind of do like a make a wish foundation, they they spank AJ Hinch and it's live streamed and it's done once a day at like four PM. <laughs> It can't just be fucking fines, though. They they like. Do they lose the World Series because of this? I don't. I logistically, I don't see how you do that, right?
3: Well, they implemented asterisks on uh, steroid players. Could they do that with the Astros World Series?
4: That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah,
3: the, that would be the worst punishment they could like imagine receiving. I think because they, I don't think they'll take away a World Series. But
1: here's the thing: how the fuck do you sleep at night? And, like, let's say, like, you know, you got to think that AJ Hinge, you got to think that Alex Cora, you got to think that Springer, Bray, you know, these these people, like, live and breathe baseball. It's been their dream since they were a kid. How the fuck do you get on this golden stage and you compromise the integrity like that? Like, I don't understand this at all. This is a very talented Astros team that has the capability of winning the World Series anyways. Like, why would you do something? Like, it's, it's gross.
3: Mm-hmm. Does he get fired? Should he get fired?
1: Here's the thing. I mean... Are we talking about fire? Are we talking about fucking bans? Like, should AJ Hinch be fucking? Should he get suspended for a year, two years? You know what I mean? Like, wh- this is this is insanity. And and also, sign stealing, of course, is part of baseball. You 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 pick up on signs. That The players are privy to it. That's why they cover up. That's why they change signs when there's batters. In that's
3: field. a human element, though. That's not in, in bringing in like cameras from center field. And-
1: well, would you let me fucking... F- I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. I agree with all that. Absolutely. 100%. That's part of the game. That's a human element. But when you, when you actually have a camera in center field, that is, you know, it's disgusting.
4: I think, uh, I think a league suspension for AJ Hinch it makes sense. And then I think it's up to the Astros organization to fire him or not. But
1: here's the thing: there was players complacent in this,
4: right? Well, the entire team was complacent because they all knew what was going on, or else they wouldn't know what to do when those things were happening, right? So but it's everybody, top to bottom, knows what's going on.
1: But it's impossible to know the players that knew they were going on, and then there's players that were like way more involved in this actually taking place, right?
4: Yeah, it, 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 it bums me out. Like a
3: player, like you, like as legable as Jose Altuve, is cheating. This is the biggest scandal since probably the steroid era, for sure. Oh, yeah. And they won a World Series. If they didn't win a World Series, it would be a whole different thing. I think people would care way less. They won
1: 107 games last year.
4: I know. I know. During this Astros talk, I was trying to find this one quote by Yasmani Grandel. I just found it. What is the the quote? Uh, Okay. So he says, they're doing whatever they can to win. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I guess it's got them a ring. The past is the past. It happened. People found out. Now let's do something to fix it and keep going. Look at Gr- Yasmani. It's like that kind of just like sums up the whole thing. I think that like in ten years from now we're gonna look back at the Astros sign stealing scandal and be like, ah. Eh, eh. I don't.
3: I don't. I, I think it's. I think it's bigger than that. Yeah,
1: I think it's bigger than that too. I think the Astros are being a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's dirty to do this. It's dirty. Obviously, I, you don't think the Yankees have the idea of like, let's put a fucking camera in there? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's gr- It's fucking gross. No, it's gr- it's actually gross. You know what I mean? And I'm saying this not because I fuck the Astros. If I was a, I, and I can say this, you can say I'm full of shit. If the Jays won a World Series, and that was, I I would call my my own my own team on this. I think that's fucking. I don't want to win a World Series like that. But you're winning the and the Astros. It's your first World Series ever, right? And you have that stain on it. It doesn't look good, right? It's like your, your wife got fake tits and they're fucked up. You know what I mean? It's the seventies. They're like they're like bazooka tits. They look like shit, right? It's like when you you're, you people get work done. They got Botox. You're like you look fu- you like a fucking freak. All right. Here's a, here's a, here's my projection. Of what you do? You you yeah you re- you remove like first round draft picks for the next like two to three years, and you instill a stipulation for the next two to three years that you can't sign a player for over a certain amount of money. You know what I mean?
3: Oh that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's how you crack the whip, baby. Right, Manford, you bitch. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what you got to do. You take a you you strip the first and second round draft picks for three years, and you can't sign a player for three years over like twenty a year. No, let's no, no. I I, I say less. I say less. What? Yeah, you can't. You, Just
3: give them the Oakland A's payroll for yeah, like yeah, three yeah, years. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. See if you can win, then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and but the irony is that team still probably could fucking win because there's a lot of smart minds there. But figure it out. Sizzle, sophistication, passion—never before heard. Raw, emotional, uncensored—never before heard. These are the uncut stories of Kevy's Country Breakfast. This is Kevy Dujour well
3: yeah so like you know how like the bun like is usually too small for a chicago dog so i typically like to take a butter knife and i press the toppings down and then like press the bun together and it gets all all the toppings in there it's perfect you gotta be careful not to press too hard though or the dog will be pushed out the bottom of the bun and then you just have two slices of bread so you do have to be a little fragile with a little careful with it
1: so let's talk about our biggest regret. Let's go to, let's go, we have a, let's call a segment called Kevvy's Country Regrets. Let's do involving baseball, the saddest, most regretful moment you can think of. Do you have anything, Ginchello? The experience you've had, whether it's you playing baseball, whether it's you at a game, whether it's you thinking of something, what's, what's a moment that, that, that just, or it could have even used as a fan. You're watching something, and it, and it disturbed you.
3: <laughs> Let me think about it. You go first. You go first.
1: My regret, okay. The year is 2017. I'm at Comerica Park. It's July, the first series after the All-Star break. On the mound, Aaron Sanchez. He's back from an injury. Is it going to work out? We all know the rest of the story. I'm there. I've had a couple of drinks. Miller High Life, per se. Miller Light per se. And I stumble. I'm, I'm. I'm. I use the washroom. I have a bladder problem. I use the washroom. I. I go in. I go into uh, to get back to my seat, and I see a gentleman, overweight. He's you know, large. He's wearing a Kid Rock, 420 jersey. I didn't. I was in the United States at the time. I didn't have an American plan. My phone was off. I didn't get a chance to snap a picture. With his 420, that's my biggest regret in history. Of baseball. <laughs> and it haunts me. I think about it every fucking day, every day. I didn't get, I, didn't, I wasn't in. I didn't get that that legit shot. Well, now, Davidson, things. Do you have a, do you have a regret in baseball?
4: I've got two. Let's get his here. The, the first one is that uh, the last game of softball I played, I'm not an outfielder. I'm not a good outfielder when I play ball. I'm an infielder. I like having things like come at me close. Uh, and my biggest regret was playing outfield and for the slight second getting scared of the ball coming down. And I misstepped and I was about 12 feet away from the ball landed. Oh, God. And I was like, if I just if I didn't have that moment of hesitation, I would have been under the ball and I probably would have caught it or at least been close enough to throw it in. And my second regret is I didn't watch enough baseball this year. Mm. I was very preoccupied with a lot this of is a things.
1: confession. This is what this is. <laughs> Well, it's a regret. This is this is a regret,
3: and this
4: is where he quits the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was very preoccupied with a lot of other things, and I just didn't watch enough baseball. You probably quit everything
1: else. To just watch. We just, I I need you in a fucking fan cave. <laughs>
4: uh, Chinchilla, what is your biggest baseball regret?
3: Okay, I it took me a little while to think of it, but I realized it's 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 the dead winner for sure for me. And you guys might kick me off the pod just for how stupid I am. So when I was a kid at Mahoney, I played for the Mahoney Bears. But one of my first jobs was umpiring, like little little league games. That's great. That's cute. So I was the um, the second base umpire. So like I basically played the like I was the field umpire because like there's only one for the whole outfield and infield and all that. And then there was also obviously the home batter,
4: a home umpire. So there's two but, umpires. Um, you get three three umpires?
1: Oh, three. You got a guy at first base or no. They said
4: outfield, infield. So or oh, you did outfield and infield.
3: Yeah, outfield and infield, and then there was at home a home, like calling balls and strikes. Yeah, two umpires. Yeah. The ball the ball was hit into play, okay? And uh instead of the second baseman throwing to first, he threw it at the base runner and hit him. And I called the base runner out as if he tagged him. And I, and I got yelled at by all the umps and the coaches and stuff. And I knew I was wrong, but I had called out and I just I had to stick with it. And in that moment, it was my biggest regret because I felt like an asshole and I knew I was wrong.
1: Well, here's the thing. If a runner, if the thrown ball hits a runner while running the bases, the runner is not out unless the umpire judges that the runner intentionally interfered, obstructed or hindered. So you could have used that excuse, right?
3: I could have, but that wasn't. That, that, <laughs> that I'm,
0: giving
1: wasn't you, I'm giving you a full out. <laughs> I'm giving you a full <laughs> way out. you just really like, no, I, I fucked up. I was like fucking jerking off. In the field.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, basically, I don't know what I was doing. I was like dazing off. I was just like eating Big League Chew. And <laughs> Hi, I'm Brad Grinsman, the actor that plays Kevin Chincholo on Kevy's Country Breakfast. I want to thank you for listening to this episode and our first season. It was a terrific ride, and we can't wait for many more seasons to come. Please follow us on Twitter at KCBpod, and please email us if you have any questions at Kevin... Ah, uh, Kev, Kev, oh, fuck. All right, one more time. breakfast yeah,
1: at Kevys, kevyscountrybreakfast at gmail.com. Say at? Yeah. At Kev- kevyscountrybreakfast, gmail.com. Okay. At
3: kevyscountrybreakfast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next year. Is there anything I can do to say a send-off? Like-
0: Dude, you crushed it.